Hey there, thanks for visiting the podcast of the Guelph Vineyard Church. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast using whatever platform you listen on, or visit our website at guelphvineyard.com. Here's this week's message brought to you by our pastor, Chris McQueen. So this morning, we are going to we're going to jump into the resistance. Um, what, I, what I, we're not going to do this morning is we're not going to start a resistance movement. Um, that's not the that's not the, the the main filter here for for today. But we are going to talk about um, the question, uh, the second question, in, in kind of the four the four question arc. Or I've been thinking of it more and more actually as a compass, a compass with four points. Um, and there are some polarities that exist in that. So last week we we dug into a little bit more of this idea of what we embrace. Um, and, and looked at the story of the Magi and what they threw their arms around and pursued. Um, and today we're going to talk about what we resist. And if you think about the north and south on a compass, there's a polarity that's there literally in our, the way that our compasses work and magnetic north. And, and, you know, this points one way and, and south is moving in the, in the other direction. Um, and in the same way, what we embrace and what we resist, they kind of have a certain polarity too. Um, now, you know, something that I think is really important and I intend to repeat, um, I've said this a couple of times, I think, certainly in individual conversations with some of you. Um, part of the Eureka moment for me in this time is that um, the next season, you, I've been thinking about this, what, is, what's, what are things going to look like when things become normal again? Right. Once we're able to open our doors and, and gather and eat together and do the things together, go to concerts and movies and whatever it looks like, be together. I think about that. I think about what that moment is going to be like that moment, you know, and, and is it a moment? Well, of course, there's going to be a gradual, a gradual kind of something that's going to emerge, but there is going to come a time at some point when there's going to be a proclamation that's going to come out across uh, across all the newsway channels and, 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 and wherever, and it's going to be this, it's going to say, um, the COVID pandemic is officially declared over. That's that's going to happen someday. We're going to hear those words. Uh, I, I think, I think we are. And, uh, and so I've been sort of thinking about that as being, and that's the next starting line, right? And I've been thinking about this season as being a holding pattern. We're just kind of holding the line. We're, we're batting down the hatches. We are, we're, we're trying to hold things together, trying to not spin out, break apart. And, uh, and I felt like the Lord has challenged that presupposition of mine a little bit. Um, and without getting into, you know, too much like motivational speaker type mode, um, tomorrow, it is absolutely starting right now. You and I are absolutely uh, creating whatever that next season is going to be like right now. Um, the attitudes that we are investing in, things that we are thinking about, the way that we are positioning our, ourselves and our lives, the ways that we are investing in our relationships, all of this is building whatever that, whatever that world looks like, the world that hears the declaration that the pandemic is over, the world that is existing in that moment, we're building that right now. Right. And so there is really no holding pattern. There is really no point at which we're just treading water. We're always creating something. 
right? Um, the next thing, it doesn't start on the day after the the, 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 the day after the pandemic is done. It doesn't work that way. It's happening right now. And so it's th through that lens of saying, hey, we have important work. We have right now, today, the things that we do, how we invest our time and what we are focusing our spirits around and building our lives around. Um, uh, all of this, this is important work. We're creating, we're, we're creating parts, contributions in the world that's gonna, that's gonna emerge from this. So that's the four questions, right? What are we gonna embrace? What are we gonna resist? What are we gonna test? What are we gonna trust? Um, and more and more of those have felt like, like, those questions have felt like a gift. I keep mulling them around in my head. I've mulled them around in relational dynamics. I, I mull them around daily. What am I gonna to embrace today? Um, and so with resistance, when we think about what it means to, to resist, well, you know, um the resistance is uh it's a funny thing because it means a lot of different we can apply it in a lot of different ways can't we um you know as tim was sharing about uh pressing into being healthier you know that's that's something that that's been a journey for me as well this pressing into being healthy and a huge part of getting healthy um looks like having a good relationship with resistance right when we're lifting something when we are biking, um, when we are doing anything actually that is investing in the physical health of our bodies um, in, in, a, in a physical way, not just talking about diet, but we, we have a relationship with resistance, an intentional, hopefully intentional relationship with resistance that works, it shows up in that way. Um, but then there's other things. There's the kind of resistance um, that we, we really uh, don't like. So restraint, feeling chained is a kind of resistance. It's a restraint, in fact, it, 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 you know, this far and no further, right? Um, that's a kind of resistance. Uh, um, that is something that we uniformly, I think, hate. We don't like being constrained or confined. This is not something that is, is what we're made for. Um, you know, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine this week, and we were talking about we were talking about these questions, and and uh, you know, we were talking about the difference between embracing and resisting, right? Because they're obviously correlated, uniquely correlated. And his thing was, you know, resistance sounds really hard. I don't know if I want to resist. Like, shouldn't I just cut it off? Like, shouldn't I just leave it behind? Shouldn't I, shouldn't that R word be reject? Doesn't that feel like the proper counterpoint? to what we embrace. We embrace some things and we leave some things behind. We reject them. And so I was reflecting on that a little bit. I thought, you know, no, I don't know. There's a place for that. There's stuff that you shouldn't, you know, there's weight that you shouldn't drag. I agree. That requires good discernment. Um, but the, the reality is that uh, with both of these points, all four of the questions, in fact, but certainly with these two, and certainly with resistance, it is hard work. It is. Um, it's, it, it is expensive to embrace something. It's, a, it, you know, every time we say yes to something, super expensive, right? Um, and when, when we choose to uh, resist something, engage in resistance, that is also expensive. It is energy consuming 100% of the time. You will never resist anything and not, and, and not have a loss of energy. That's the nature of what resistance is. It takes energy to uh to resist 
That's why it's a word, right? And so it's really important to press into it because uh, here's the thing. You know that you are a resistant person. I could look at every face um, on the call and I can presume anybody who's listening to this in any, you can hear this from me. There's resistance in your life. You are a resistant person. I am a resistant person. And um, sometimes I'm intentionally resistant and I have focus and I say, no, I resist that thing. That thing I choose to say I am either opposed to it or I'm going to choose to resist as in I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to build some strength here. Right. But then there's another kind of resistance that's that's lightened. And what I mean by that is not that it's not active. I mean that it's it's before we thought about it. Right. It's the resistance that happens before our decision maker has any has any role to play. Have you had that experience, an experience where you're having a conversation with somebody and they say something? And you feel resistant to the to the thing that you're hearing, but you don't know why. You don't know why you're resisting that. You're like, what? What is that? That resistance? Well, it's a good question to ask because guess what? That resistance is something you're spending energy on. That it's taking it's taking energy. And so, part of the question, part of the dive into this is, I want to make sure that whatever energy I'm spending, as much as is possible, that I'm that I'm actually intentionally doing it. I don't want to spend energy accidentally. Just like I don't want to spend money accidentally. That's the worst thing. You ever have that as well, where you spend money and you didn't mean to? Oops, I forgot to cancel that subscription that I was going to, right? So it's, I, I think it's a really important, I think it's a really important question. Um, and so I, I want to kind of look at two, um, and I want to look at two things here, two sort of definitions of resistance, and then we're going to watch a video because videos are fun. And at least we're going to try to watch a video. I have, I have a plan. So what am I talking about this morning when I talk about resistance? Well, there are two. First is, well, the general definition is to exert force in opposition. Right? To exert force in opposition. So one application of that is that we exert ourselves as to counteract or defeat something. So as in we, maybe we resist uh, temptation. Right. That's a kind of a kind of resistance. Um, and then there's a different then there's another kind of resistance, which is like an intrinsic, um, almost like an application of something. So it's a, a capacity to withstand the force or effect um, of something. So like material that is that resists heat. Right. That's another that's another kind of resistance. Right. So some people some people are really resistant to pain. They have a very high pain tolerance. They have an ability to resist pain more than others, you know, and again, it's important and helpful for us to think about these things as we think about the word, what are we going to, what are we going to resist? What are we going to choose to resist? Right. Um, and how are we using the resistance? What's our relationship with it? Is it something that we're um, intentionally making work for us? Right. Or is resistance an obstacle? Is resistance working against us? Um, now, this could be a whole rabbit trail in itself. Um, obviously, we believe in spiritual powers. We believe in God. We we believe that there is an enemy. We believe that there is that there is a resistance, a spiritual resistance. And um, but 
there's something else that seems to be true in my experience in that it's, it feels like there's just often a resistance to, to doing the right good thing in the morning when I wake up. I have a resistance from spending time praying. There's a resistance. I have to overcome it every day. It's very rare that I wake up in the morning and I think, yes, I can't wait to get out of bed and to sit down with my Bible and pray. Now, sometimes that happens, but very rarely. Usually there's something I have, there's an overcoming that needs to happen. And that's, there's a, you know, I'm pressing into something, right? Okay. Um, as I thought about scriptures and, and applying the scriptures through this, uh, to this question and, or, or running the question through the scriptures, let's say, it's probably a better, more healthy way of doing it. Um, thinking about it, I, uh, I had a, a story come to mind. And, uh, and it's the story of where God exerts resistance. Uh, and I want to look at it a little bit this morning. So I'm going to play, this is from my, uh, I'm a bit of a sucker for claymation stuff. Kids, you're going to find that. And kids, if you're, if you have kids around within, uh, within the view time space, um, here, um, sorry, within the, if you got a kid who's near a screen, pull them around. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, cause this is a, this is going to be good for them. So, uh, setting this up, this is a clip from a movie called The Miracle Maker. I can't remember if I've played this for you before. It's possible. I promise you I will probably play it again someday. Um, and, uh, and it tells an episode in Jesus' life. And I really hope that this is going to work. Um, so I'm just going to pull it up and we're going to give it a go.
Jesus in the temptation. I love the way they tell that story. I love seeing it um, in, in the visual like that, seeing a sense of, uh, it's one thing to read about what Jesus was tempted with. It's very interesting to, to see from, a, to, to contemplate what was in his mind's eye when he, when, he, when he heard these things that we look at and we say he was, he was being tempted. In fact, the scriptures say that he was being, he was being tempted. He was being tempted by the devil, being tempted by, by the adversary, right? Um, now in the scriptures, now I'm going to reference from Luke's version of this a little bit. There's a few things that are important to know. This is, you know, this is right after Jesus' baptism. And we've talked about this before. This is kind of the first, the first go around. Jesus is baptized. You know, he hears, he hears God say, you are my son. There's a declaration of his, of, of who he is as a person. And boom, he's led out into the wilderness. He's led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And he spends 40 days right? And says for 40 days, he was tempted uh, by the devil. And it says he, was, he, he ate nothing during those days. At the end of them, he was very, very hungry. We have this idea that at the end of his time, at the end, when he's depleted, he's his most depleted self. This is when uh, the tempter comes and offers him these three, these three temptations, right? Um, and, and we, we, we know the story here. We just saw it. He, he's tempted to turn stones into bread. Now, am I tempted to turn stones into bread? No, I've never been tempted with that. That's not something that's within my capacity. It's not an option. So I'm not, I'm not tempted. Um, but, but, uh, but Jesus is tempted with this capacity and we know, we know that this is something he does. He does. Here's what we know for sure. We don't see him turn stones into bread, but we see him do very cool things with bread. He does very, very cool things with bread. His miracles with bread, right? More than once. So we know that this is within his wheelhouse. Right. And then there's this interesting thing where the, where it says he's taken to a high place. And he's shown all the kingdoms of the world. And I love how the video illustrates this, particularly in the Roman Empire, right? So I'm going to give you all of this. You're going to get all the authority. You're going to get all the splendor. Um, and, you know, and, and it's been given to me, says the devil, and I can give it to you. I'm going to give it to you, but, I, you know, I just need you to, I just need you to worship me, right? And, and of course, Jesus has his response. And his response is, take a hike. That's not my way. Um, uh, no, I'm not going to worship you. And then there's an interesting one that I've never fully understood, but he's led to Jerusalem and he stands on the very highest point of the temple. And he's tempted to test whether God will actually protect him or not. Whether he actually has um, the powers of heaven at his disposal to protect and to enact his purposes. Do you really have angels that, this, you know, that are available? And Jesus responds and he says, no, I'm not, don't, I'm not going to test God in this way. Um, so the, the, something I really want to highlight here, there's a few things that are important. Um, one thing that I want to highlight is, is we, we talked about the, the distinction between what we're embracing and what we are resisting, right? That there's a correlation. There's a correlation between these things. And, uh, it, it really is so, I believe, with Jesus. Um, the interesting thing is there's nothing that he's offered that isn't already his in some way, or it doesn't become his. 
right? Um, you know, if we if we kind of go go piece by piece through this, Jesus is is hungry. As a as a result of obedience, by the way, he has he's chosen to resist uh, an essential need. He's chosen to resist eating for forty days and chosen to resist comfort for forty days. Right. So he's he's in this in which I sort of see as this exercise thing as a faithfulness. But then he's offered this temptation. Hey, look, turn this turn the stone into bread, because you're really hungry. Well, if we look at what John 6 says, John 6, 35, Jesus has this to say. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is, this is absolutely part of what Jesus is saying yes to. Part of what he says yes to for the whole world. He embraces bread. He embraces, he embraces bread to the point um, and, and that, he's, that he's actually accused of, of being a bit of a party nut, right, at, at different times. This is part of his yes. And so it's interesting to me that here in this instance where he's been faithful for a long time and he's really hungry, there's something that he chooses to wrestle with and he chooses to apply his resistance to and say, no, not today, right, not now. I don't mean no as a not today, Satan, like that kind of, which is, that can be helpful. I mean, if you need to say that with some sass when you're being tempted, that's fine. Um, but it, it, it's literally, no, not today, not right now. I'm not going to do this, right? Subsequently, this idea of being lifted up, of being exalted, of, of being the king, made king of all the nations. This is something that we understand as part of the big story of Christ, Right? And he knew it too. Again, in John, he says, you know, and his disciples rightly interpret this after the fact as being him referencing the way that he dies. But it's not just that. He says, and when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself, right? He reenacts and reclaims this thing that in, in the desert he's tempted with, but here he's throwing his arms around it and he's embracing it. And yet, Earlier, he, there's this resistance that he applies. Why? What's the resistance? There's a polarity that's at work here. There's something that's profound in his yes that is driving his capacity to resist, to apply his resistance, to spend significant strength in this moment. Right? And the third temptation, the strange instance where he is at the top of the temple. And I, I find, you know, it's, it's kind of slightly what you might call extra biblical, um, the video, the way that they interpret this, that people see this and that this is, that they see what happens and they understand this is the Messiah. Look, he's been protected. I find that to be a compelling theory as to perhaps some of the things that were going on in behind the language, part of what was the tempting temptation that was happening. Right. And Jesus himself, he knows this, right? He knows um, that, that heaven does his bidding. In fact, in Matthew 26, at a very intense time when he is being betrayed and he's in high danger zone. And, and I believe it's Peter he looks at and he says, look, do you not think I can call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels, which is to say thousands of them, lots of them. Right. This is something that he that he knows. And so it's interesting to me. Interesting to me. What's the temptation here? This is a unique kind of temptation. Is this right? All of these are right within his wheelhouse. And he says, no, not today. No, not now. 
right? What is it that drives him to have resistance in this space? So there's a phrase that is, that's come to mind as I've reflected on this. And by the way, this is no, by no means a comprehensive reflection on, on what it means to have a, a Christ-oriented resistance. There's so much to this. This is just one reflection from one moment in Jesus' life. But I really feel that Jesus' resistance here, his profound resistance, is driven by the polarity, by what he's choosing to embrace. And I, and I don't want to separate these two things too much because they are correlated. There's something that is a bigger yes than simply the material, the, the thing that's on offer. And the phrase that comes to mind is the title of a book. It's a title of a book that, to be honest with you, I have not read. But it's a title of a book that I, that I will someday read. And the title itself has been helpful to me over the years. And so I'm going to quote it. So I'm just, but I'm also going to be really honest about the fact that I haven't actually read the book. Um, written by Eugene Peterson. And he has this, this phrase, which is the title of the book. He says, uh, a long obedience in the same direction. A long obedience in the same direction. When I look at Jesus' resistance and how he applied it and how he chose to spend it, there is something going on here that he's choosing to spend his resistance. is all being spent in one direction here all being spent in one direction, right? You know, he's being, he's being tempted with shortcuts. He's being, he's being uh, tempted with, with, with the fruitfulness that will re result from his, from his life. But he's, it, there's a short circuit that's trying to get inserted here, right? And it's trying, it's not about whether, uh, whether Jesus can turn bread into stone. It's about who his master is. It's about the direction of his obedience, the direction of his faithfulness, the direction of his yes, right? And so he chooses a long obedience. And I think it's really important to know that when we talk about resistance, um, unfortunately, it is expensive work. And unfortunately, it's not quick work. It's not quick work. It's long work. Right? There are important moments where we say no to some stuff. Or there are important moments where we resist. Or important moments where we we stack up the resistance and we do just a few reps, right? Sure. But it is the long obedience that counts. It is the long resistance that counts. Right? Back to the working out thing. If I do, if I do resistance one day in a year, I've I've really achieved nothing. If I do that resistance every day for a year. I've achieved, there's something, there's a, there's a, there's something that is taking place. So the purpose of Jesus, the purpose of his journey, and I believe it's for us, is towards the Father, right? It's towards one embrace. It's, there are not three things. He's not being tempted by three things here. He's being tempted away from his one thing, right? And so I want to leave us with this this morning. Just a few questions. Um, I continue to learn the power of questions. Um, but questions are kind of powerless if they don't have answers. If they're, you know, they're rhetorical, a rhetorical question can get us thinking in a certain direction. But a question that has, that has an answer to it, attached to it, this, this can actually be um, 
it can lead to change, it can lead to fruitfulness, it can lead to redirection or focus. And so um, I want to ask some questions, and if you want to write them down, that's great. These are questions that I'm asking myself. I'm trying to ask them daily with regards to resistance. How is resistance at work in your life? All the kinds of resistance, including the th what we're talking about here, big faith terms, but in general. By the way, another thing. Another thing. Hey, um, what does resistance feel like to you? Just think about that for a second before I ask that, before I go further with these questions. Because resistance feels like something. It feels like something in our, in our bones. It feels like something emotionally. It feels like something spiritually. Just think about resistance for a second. When you encounter, when you, when you encounter resistance in yourself, what does that feel like? Just think about it for a minute. You're having a conversation and you feel resistant to something in it. What does that feel like? You see an event taking place and you want to resist it. What does that feel like? Just to make sure we're talking about the same things here. Because I believe it's visceral. Okay, back to the questions. The resistance, perceivable resistance in your life. How is it at work? Is it working against you? Or is it working for you? Or both? What can you do about it? What can you do about it? Is it gravity? Is it like gravity? If it's like gravity, you can only resist for so long. Gravity's going to win. Right? What can you do about it? And here's a question that, I, that I'm, is daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. I think it scales. What am I going to resist today? What am I going to resist this week? In concentric circles, it's helpful to answer, the, answer this question in terms of your own inner life before applying it to things like relationships or workplaces or family. Kind of allow the concentric circles to build out. What am I going to resist today? What's going to resist me today? What is, what is resisting me today? What is a force that is actively pressing against my goal, my purpose? And if I look at these resistances, either what I'm resisting or what is resist, resisting me, what, what, what direction are those things pointing to? Helps us to discern where the resistance is coming from. There is such a thing as heavenly resistance. I've experienced it. It's kind of it's kind of helpful to, you know, find out what direction it's blowing, right? And then look in the direction that it's trying to blow you in. That's a helpful discernment tool. What direction is the resistance blowing in? So what am I going to resist today? What's resisting me? What direction is that resistance leading me? So this is a couple of questions for us to contemplate. 
in this space, reflecting on how Jesus employed resistance in his life. And finally, and we've said it a couple times, but I'll, I'll close by saying it again. Listen, resistance is hard. It's never easy. By definition, resistance is hard. I'm so much of my inner life is about resistance right now, right? Resisting sadness, resisting judgment, resisting know-it-allness, right? I think, I think I have the world's, I think, I think if everyone thought like me, the world's problems would go away. I'm trying to resist that, <laughs> the tendency in me, so much resistance, right? And it's hard. And the season is not an easy season. It's a season where resistance matters. But resistance that is in line with our yes, resistance that is in line with what we are embracing is fruitful resistance. And so I bless you, I bless us as a community, I bless us as individuals, as families, in our friendships, and bless us into the hard work of resistance. And I pray for the Lord's protection for those things that resist us. I pray for the Lord's empowering and his strengthening for those things that, are, that resist us, that resist us like foes resist us. Pray that the Lord would empower us, would give us capacity and strength, because it's going to suck up power and capacity and strength. We ask, Lord, that you would increase that in us in this time, in this season. And at the end of the day, Lord, we ask that whatever we resist, as you form us into your image, Lord, that you would resist us, or sorry, resist us, that our resistance, God, would be, would be in line with our yes. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.